Welcome to episode 36 of the Unnamed Adventures podcast. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the good and the bad of seasonal work. Hey everyone, got Jake here. And Amy. And we're going to talk today about the good, the bad, and and the the ugly of seasonal work. So we're just gonna kind of dive in right away, and we're gonna start off with the uh, lifestyle of the seasonal worker. Um, so just kind of kicking it off, we got the hours. So I was doing maintenance for my work, and I had pretty consistent hours. It was pretty straightforward. I know other departments and areas, such as Amy. Um, had other hours and random hours their schedule really wasn't as set as normal well yeah opening or closing within the same week and which are two drastically different um time schedules and not having like two days off in a row or having one day here or one day there um you know it made it really difficult because jake and i wouldn't really see each other we kind of passed through each other in the night you know? You'd come and pick me up when I closed at 10.30, 10.45, and you had to be up at 6.30 the next morning. But there was no shuttles that ran that late. So there was a really our only option, and that was challenging. Yeah, I was your shuttle. <laughs> that was one of the other perks, but we'll talk to that in a second. Um, you know, Amy alluded to it, uh, our time off, you know, we didn't have two days off in a row. Um, together. Together, um, which that kind of sucks when you're in an absolutely gorgeous place you know when we're driving into our work locations you know the backdrop of all the mountains and the lakes and everything that you kind of see coming up um it's just asking to be explored and go out and have some fun and really we couldn't but that was one of the bigger challenges for me um you know that's one of the things that we love to do kind of lets us kind of free our minds and be able to kind of visit um, what, what we're doing. You well, know. And the other thing too was, is that they say, you know, don't go hiking by yourself, you know, go at least in groups of three. And we're like, well, we're at least fine together, you know, which would be fine. But I didn't, I didn't really feel comfortable going hiking by myself. And so I ended up just not doing that much on my own and kind of same with Jake. And the other thing was too, is we didn't want to miss out on doing it together. It's part of the experience. It's why we're here. That's why we're traveling full time is to have those experiences together. Yeah, I think we talked about this in one of our first podcasts. Really, is like doing stuff together is a lot better than going solo. I mean, you can go see some epic view and do something cool, and you can explain it tell someone until you're blue in the face. But the picture does not describe what you can witness and see, you know, and sharing that with another person is. Something magical about it. Well, absolutely. And I think the the biggest perk of a seasonal worker when you're working like with a national park or company that supports the national park is the amazing location that you're in. And normally it's super remote, so it's more expensive to live there and things like that. So as a seasonal worker, either you're getting free housing or you're getting super low cost of living or your housing or your lodging situation and that was for us the the uh, the big perk. You know, though we were making se- uh, minimum wage, 
um, our lodging, I think we each paid like less than $5 per day per person. And so that's really a benefit. You know, we were, um, you know, about 10 miles from where we worked. So there was a cost of gas that was added on that. Yeah. So some of the different locations, you know, you can, from being in the Tetons to Glacier to Yellowstone, Yellowstone Zion, I mean, any of the national parks, you can literally go and check. And, you know, some of the living locations, conditions, you know, they're right on site. The other ones, they are, you know, where we're outside at an RV park. park, outside the park, because we had our two dogs. Um, so when you are kind of looking for seasonal work and you do have an animal, don't let that deter you. Um, you know, just kind of call the HR people and be like, hey, I got a dog. This is my situation. These are my skill sets. You got a spot for me. It's literally that simple. I think when we were in the Tetons, we we called around and, you know, called maybe 20 different places. And it was, you know, within four hours we got hired and a spot that we could have for our RV and two dogs. Well, yeah. the thing I think the only downfall is that is because you have pets, you have to worry about your AC. You have to make sure that they're taken care of. So, like, for us, like, we're big backpackers. Like, we didn't do any backpacking trips while we were there for the five weeks because we're, like, well, we, we could have. We could have taken the dogs to, like, a, a kennel, but we didn't want to pay the money to do that. We were going to splurge at the end of the season and do that and go, to like, to medicine for, like, a long weekend. Um, but, you know, for us, like, we, we like having our dogs with us. And we're, like, well, we'll just go backpacking in the National Forest and, and whatnot, which we still plan to do. Yeah, and that's the cool thing about national parks is most of the time they're surrounded by national forests. Um, so that's kind of a living situation with the dogs. Uh, more than likely, you have to be RV. They're not going to put you in employee housing. Um, being maintenance, I was able to kind of check out a lot of employee housing. And uh, if you like the college lifestyle of kind of dirt and grime, kind of people doing their own thing and not respecting <laughs> each other's uh, stuff. Or um, space. Or space. I mean, there's four people to a room. I mean, they kind of pack in like sardines, it seemed like. Um, it's not for us. Uh, we've had a house in the past. We like our space. Yeah, we were glad we did have an RV spot. Yeah. So it was kind of blessing in disguise, you know, with that. Um, but I mean, if you're, you're single or even if, uh, you know, a retiree. With retiree or if you with a significant other or something like that and you don't have animals, you know, go for it um, to be able to kind of do, do that. Well, I think also on that note, because of, how much you're getting paid it's mostly minimum wage um if not less than that um i know servers get way less than that but they make tips um but minimum wage jobs uh, it was very difficult for us because we both were career professionals and we when we got our first full week or full um two week um well there's sammy he's all excited <laughs> you can probably hear him uh, when we got our first like two full week paycheck we're like oh my gosh like <laughs> we would make like this in like part of a week you know like in our regular job so that was very eye-opening and we've been sticking really hard to a budget that we set for um our summer work so we could really put away as much as possible 
and that kind of goes to with the cost of living it's, it's it's more expensive to live up here it's everything you know and it's really how anything's more remote gas costs more to get to where it needs to go the food costs more it's also inflated because of the season yeah so you have part of that yeah it's kind of the, the touristy trap type mentality you know they try to their season to make money is only so big so they're gonna try to maximize that as much as possible you know, from the grocery stores, you know, we were in uh, West Glacier area and, you know, we drove to Kalispell, which was 30 minutes, 40 minutes drive one way. And we go to Walmart and get our groceries and it saved so much money. It was worth the half hour. <laughs> our grocery budget, uh, some of you might laugh at it, it was $30 a week. Um, that's for everything. Um, and we we're just kind of chatting. I think it was the last time we were grocery shopping together. Um our grocery budget back home when we had a home was a hundred dollars a week and now we're down to 30 for two people <laughs> for two it's people extremely difficult and like the restaurant budget we go off of is fifty dollars a month and that's like oh let's go get ice cream or let's go get one of the employee meals because one of the perks they offered was like inexpensive meals um at the local cafe uh if you're an employee and you can only get it like when you're either before or after your shift but still, like, it was very good food and affordable. But um, there are seasonal jobs, and there's a good number of them where the food, food is included. And I think if you had the food and housing included, and you were still making minimum wage, you know, you have to deal with a lot of crap. But <laughs> it would be a lucrative option. Unfortunately for us, um, you know, we've, well, we'll get into that. But it didn't work out that great for us. Yeah. Um, then also with the transportation, you know, our biggest cost, you know, food, but also fuel for getting to and from work. Um, they did provide transportation, shuttle, shuttle, ser shuttle mm -hmm. services, but it did not work with our schedules all the time. Um, we tried to, you know, maximize as, maximize it as much as we can, but, uh, frankly, we want to make sure the doggies and puppies were, uh, all good to go and safe. Well, yeah, like, and I got nine times out of ten, I was working the late shift, which ended at 10.30 p.m. Well, they didn't have a shuttle running when I got there. We got to work at 2, nor when I ended at 10.30. Um, and then when Jake got off at 4, well, the next shuttle was until 5.30. So did he really want to sit and wait around for an hour and a half to get a shuttle back when you only have so much free time because you're working so many, you know, you're working so much. And, and you're around people constantly and it's like last thing i want to do is kind of sit around or wait for you know hour and a half and engage with people i mean we are people people persons but you need your break and it actually was a thing that was really difficult that we hadn't anticipated living in an rv park is you know one we're we're both and i you know i was in guest services so i was with people constantly and then you go back to the RV park and you're around more people constantly. You never have your own space and your own time. Um, I think part of the challenge with that is because we do have a little matchbox of a camper. Um, and the reason we chose our hiker trailer was because initially we were like, oh, cool, we're going to be boondocking all the time. It's super easy to set up, pull up on our vehicle, easy peasy. Well, when you're working, you know, you're going to have more downtime. And to be in a matchbox of a trailer with two dogs you know, you don't have your own space. 
you don't have a spot to set up your computer on your table. There's no table. You know, there's no space. You think, oh, I'm going to be outside all the time. Well, when you're in an RV park and everyone is watching everything you're doing and is in your business, you don't want to be outside where everyone can watch you. You want to have your own space. And so that actually was very stressful. Yeah, from from us, our people that we come from and where what we do, you know, being around you know, we find free campsites, you know, like we pride ourselves in not paying for campsites and yeah, like it, our lodging budget when we travel full time is zero if we don't need it. Yeah. Like the, where we're recording our podcast right now, it oh, is, it's gorgeous. It's absolutely breathtaking, you know, <laughs> you know, so th- that's one of the things is, you know, we're used to having our space and to be able to, you know, like go skinny dipping if you want to, that's what we did today. We're like, Oh man. <laughs> you know this beautiful mountain lake in the middle of nowhere in this national forest yeah so for as a seasonal worker as we digress yeah <laughs> to our other adventures um you know just really kind of the the cost of living really can be minimal and is perfect for you know someone right out of college or you know a retiree you know looking to be at a cool location you know get really inexpensive and an expensive lodging. I mean, you look at the KOAs and other RV parks in general. I mean, you're paying from sixty to a hundred bucks a night, you know. And we pay. And that's less. with like full hookups and not like more amenities, but still, like that's expensive. Yeah, you know. So if you're for the youth or for retirees, go for it. At this time, it's not our cup of tea that we have learned. Um, so, as you could probably hear by a lot of our tense comments, comments like um, we have chosen to no longer continue our seasonal jobs. Um, of course, we're not getting to all the drama and everything, but unfortunately, um, I think again with with being career professionals, if you go into seasonal work, um, there's a different mentality that is not something we agree with. And Jake is going to talk more about that. Yeah, and it could be, I think, just kind of following up with that mentality, it could be part of the, you know, we're in customer and sales oriented careers. Well, that could be more the hospitality industry where they just seems like no one cares, you know, like we're people, people persons. (laughs) Well, and it was very difficult because we were told um, by managers essentially to care less and to do less, like just work less, like don't try as hard. And we're like, what, what are you, what, what? <laughs> like, that's not, you know, and I think because uh, probably too, from the careers we were at, we were in, you know, salary employees, sales, you have a territory or region you cover, you have to go above and beyond. You wear 20 different hats. You, you are the job in those areas. You're the person to get everything done. You're the point person. You handle everybody's complaints. You do all these things. Well, you know, with seasonal work, you have your one job and your one little baby part and you, that's all you do. It's not your job to go do something else. You know, you're not responsible for it. You're discouraged from doing that. So it seems like the goal and, and the turnover is so high with the guests that they come in they go and they go the next thing. It's the next thing They you, it seems like the goal is just make sure they're happy. Um, they don't complain. <laughs> yeah. And then they don't complain. You don't want bad reviews. Um, and really just kind of our mentality is, a little bit differently and that kind of our philosophy and life goals, you know, it's not to just pull the, the wool over the sheep's clothing or however the, the old wife's tale saying goes. Um, 
Yeah, I think just the management style is not something that we agreed with, nor how we were treated. And we, you know, kind of, kind of the, excuse my language, we're too old for this shit sort of thing. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, we um, had, did have a straw that broke the camel's back and um, at our RV park, actually. And we had asked to be relocated and um, we're told no. Um, you know, so we're like, this is the last straw. We can't handle the job. We can't handle where we're at. Um, you know, and just to have, I could handle where we're at. Um, like, like physical general geographic location. Glacier National Park Park is absolutely gorgeous. I mean, it is, I get tears. Like, honestly, like when we did our Highline hike last weekend, I was like almost in tears because it was so beautiful and everywhere you look you're like absorbing in something new and something different and it's just so beautiful and everything was in full bloom it was just amazingly gorgeous and that was just one hike you know and we did many others but that was by far our favorite that's why it's like the number one hike in the park but it's an amazing park but unfortunately where we were staying there was just constant issues yeah we don't want to deal with people after we got done dealing with people all day, you know, and, yeah. and you we... shouldn't have to deal with being harassed, you know, when you're in a space, you're supposed to be able to unwind from the day. Yeah. So that's all we're going to say about that. Yeah. So now we're doing <laughs> on to bigger and better. That was Sammy. He's all, he came over and snuggled up by us. We're in our little camper and Sammy's in here and Pippi's on the other end snoring away. They swam in the lake and had a blast, but. Oh yeah. Anyway, so now what we're doing is... um... Yeah, so just kind of the challenges of making money on the road. And Amy was able to do a a lot more research on a lot of this. And, you know, you see all these people on social media and hear about the stories that, you know, occasionally they they go viral. And, you know... Oh, they make so much money with this, that, and the other thing. They got all these sponsors and... You're like, okay, cool. You know, that great but what about like for normal people that like want to travel that didn't go viral or don't do the duck lips all the time or show their boobs all the time or their abs you know what i mean like we're not okay to be fair we're not like super fit but like (laughs) even if i was like i don't i don't personally feel that that's how like we should get attention with the social media we do we want to promote positivity and um, living your dreams, you know, working hard, overcoming obstacles, um, and pursuing your dreams. For us, our dreams is to travel full time. For other people, it could be to get their master's degree or doctorate or start their own business or whatever that is. Like Just we do it. <laughs> encourage people to do that and doing that debt free. Like that's like our vision, you know, that we want to do. Does that include, you know, what I talked about previously. No, not for us. So that's why, you know, our social media is about the things we see and do and the challenges we're seeing and the positive things we're seeing. And the thing is though, like I listen to a lot of podcasts and so does Jake. And there are so many times that it comes up of, you know, how do you make money on the road? How do you actually do this? Oh, I have all this debt or I have all these things. Like, how do you, how does it work? How does it work with having your dogs with you? You know, and um, I get emails, um, te- not texts, because obviously a lot of people don't have my number, but, um, you know, emails and different social media platforms um, and comments on, on our content of how do, how do we do this, you know? And it's not easy. Like, we've been learning. It's not easy like we thought it was going to be. 
If it, we if we were independently wealthy, that'd be oh, yeah. be fantastic. <laughs> it's a process to get from point A to point B. Um, you see a lot of people, all the success and glamour, you know, like. And let's talk about the day to day. Some guy yeah. in a van, his van life thing we follow. Jake is telling me, he's like, this is what it's really like in a van. And it is not glamorous. And we're like, we know we're in a hiker trailer with our two dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like cooking is a process, you know, making a cup of coffee. It's not just, you know, setting it the night before, flip the switch and go. You know, you get a, just the process for coffee, just so. I can explain it to people. Uh, he has it, it every morning. Every morning. So, one, get the water, fill up with the jet boil, um, get the AeroPress all ready, put the filter in, dump the coffee in. Um, we got some really good uh, coffee going this 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 go around to try to get the, the local stuff wherever we travel at. And, you know, but even if we're on a tight budget that month, um, we'll just go with the folders, you know, so you fill that up, boil our water, dump in the the cup, press it out, super easy, clean it up. Have yeah, my but coffee. you have to you have to put the coffee grounds in the garbage bag, clean off the AeroPress. Because you can't leave the stuff dirty because then it dries. And to clean stuff when it dries on the road is way more work than just cleaning it immediately. Yeah. Like every time you want to go to the bathroom, like we're boondocking. We're like, okay, do we dig a hole? Or we're just gonna squat and pee? Like what's the process? Does this look like an area that's well populated in regards to that people frequent this area a lot? Is there human poop probably that someone hasn't dug? It's happened to us three times already since we've been traveling full time. Yeah, do we have to have the, the leashes for the dogs? Yeah, do they need to be on the leash constantly? Can they be free? Ooh, this one looks like there's garbage. Don't want to go there. That means there's going to be feces. It's just a real issue. And it's a, um, <coughs> excuse me, a real concern. Leave no trace, people. Yeah, we digress. <laughs> I, the soapbox with the poop, you guys. It is a constant battle. But luckily, the spot we're at right now, it's an end of a row. Like, you can't go any further. And it's stunningly beautiful. And there's no garbage here. Like, whatever national forest we're in, we really should find out. Um, oh, I think we saw one piece of garbage on the eight mile that took us from the main road to get where we are right now. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Good job, Montana. Yeah. Nice work, guys. <laughs> <laughs> the rangers that are out here. But, um, yeah, so anyway, we were going to talk more about making money in the road. So I did a ton of research, um, and Jake did too, but, like, we, you know, I did, I like to be on my computer a little more than Jake does. But anyway, so I did a lot of research, and I was feeling very passionate about it because I was very unhappy with what I was doing for work and whatnot. And so I was like, okay, I want to research and figure out, like, how can we make a living while being on the road like, okay, digital nomading. So I applied to for us, to, you know, together and separately, you know, I'd send stuff to Jake for digital nomading. Yeah. And we revamped our uh, resumes and LinkedIn profiles just to kind of, you know, showcase some of our different skill sets that we have. I mean, <laughs> we have lots of different skill sets. I mean, from Amy's photography that she can do to my web website to small business consulting or social media side of things. Yeah. I mean, we have a lot of skills that we've had in the real world. Like we've gotten paid to do it, um, that we could do on the road. Well, actually starting your own business is like, and we've talked since we've been on the road, what do we want to do? We have all these ideas, but we're like, is that lucrative? What's the cost to start up the business? How fast would it be to we start making money? You know, do we, is it allow us to be in one place? Like what is you have all these, you know contingencies essentially on these issues there are all these issues so like well let's get a job with a company be to be digital nomads we can do you know remote work 
It'll be great. It'll be so great. It'll be so wonderful, is the thought. Well, in reality, <laughs> I mean, we applied to even like like minimal experience stuff thinking okay well maybe it's you know though we have this experience maybe um we'll just go with like the introductory stuff you know your um associate stuff level work but it's we weren't even getting any responses for that and the thing that i know quite i'm like well why aren't we getting emails back why aren't we getting calls you know what what is going on and when you really look at the description of the job and um, what they really are looking for. It is not a truly remote position. It is like a work from home mostly. So you have a home base that's within driving distance of their office. And that's not the type of work we want to do. You know, when I think we were saying something to that effect in like the cover letter and we travel full time and yada, 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 but it was discouraging. And I'm like, well, this isn't working. Well, what can we do that really allows us to be truly remote? Because the other thing was, is after being at Glacier, it's so amazingly beautiful. I'm like, well, I want to go overseas. Like, I really want to. How are we going to do that with the dogs? You know, like, how, how are we going to make this happen? And we ended up coming up with a really good idea. I really like what our idea is. Um, it's essentially being independent insurance adjusters. And with that, you know, we're in our prime years for earning money. And that's the biggest thing, like, Dave Ramsey talks about, you know, after you get out of debt is, like, you know, have a good job and all this stuff and put money away for retirement. And, um, and you do that with, you know, your being in your prime years, your primary years. So I'm like, gosh, I don't want to waste our prime years either. And we're not shy. We're not, we don't shy away from working hard. Uh, we work very hard and which got us in trouble with our seasonal work. But anyway, <laughs> the, work, um, the work shies away from us. Yeah. Um, but we're like, you know, we do really do want to open up our own business. And so being independent insurance adjusters, we can be on the road legitly a hundred percent remote. And you just take some classes to get your license and then you can do additional certifications. And so Jake and I are actually going to be, you know, a husband and wife team and we're going to, we both have to get licensed, but essentially like I'll do the computer work and Jake does all the, um, um, you know, going on site to doing all the claim work and stuff. And then he'll get additional, um, certificate or excuse me, different licenses. And so that'll allow us, whether we're doing catastrophic or auto claims or hail, you know, whatever that is, um, we'll be more flexible. Then you work really hard for like two to three months if it's a catastrophic event or you just have your auto ones you're doing regularly or whatever based on where you're at. And maybe it's that home base that it is just in that location. Maybe you want to hang out in Colorado for a while. Maybe we want to be there for a month or two, you know, or whatever we want to do. But with that industry, it is always changing. And so that's perfect for what we're looking to do. And we did a lot of research of the good and the bad of being adjusters. And most of the bad things were for us a good, you know, that you're on the road, you know, that you're going there for a certain amount of time and the unpre unpredictability of your income, because you make, you end up making maybe $60,000 in three months, but then you may be dry for three months. Well, perfect. You know, like we've been living on a budget. We can budget that money, no problem. And you put money for your taxes and all that stuff. So um, we think it's going to work really well for us. We're actually very excited about it. So we're going to, while we um, have this time of being in between um, what we're doing, we're going to finish our licensing and then um, 
and upgrade peace. our trailer. Yes, yes. I'm excited so for excited. that. Um, don't get us wrong. We absolutely love our hiker trailer. Like, thing is awesome for, you know, you wouldn't be able to get an RV back to where we're at at this location right now or some other ones that we've been to. Um, it's just absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, the hiker trail is fantastic, but it really is like a weekender or you're going to go away for a week or something to live out of it in a full-time capacity when you're trying to work. You know, for us, we, we really want to have like a kitchen table that we can have our computers set up that we can work at and essentially have our office. And there's a different spot for the dogs to lay down where they're not sleeping with us every single night. I love our dogs. They're our babies. They're the best ever. But they just want look at my you own and space. They, they just look at you and like, I just want to cuddle. They do. You guys, they're so adorable. Every morning, Pippi has a routine. She has to come in the middle and snuggle and get her pets. Sammy has to be um, on Jake's legs. And then, then at night, though, Sammy's on my legs. So he has to have equal time. And then they love to cuddle. And then they have to go out to go to the bathroom. And then they want their breakfast. It is the same routine every day. And you don't want to deny them the joys that they have. But sometimes <laughs> you just want your own space. <laughs> And I want my own space. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that sometimes we had to be yeah. like, Jake, it's okay if you're like, I just need my own space, you know? So then I'll call the dogs over to me and, you know, so and that's okay. It's just, you know, communicating what we need sometimes. But anyway, we digress to talk about our tight, cramped space. Um, but other, the other challenge we wanted to talk about of making money on the road is, oh, which led to actually how we're doing um, for the insurance suggesters is, you know, a lot of these remote jobs, you have to have reliable internet. You have to be accessible on your phone at certain hours of the day. Like let's say you do an eight to five shift or a five to 2 AM shift or whatever it is, you have to be available at any moment. And that is very difficult because we don't want to be in a city. We want to be in more natural areas where it is remote. Like we had to find a spot where we even had service. And we're right, right now we don't have service, but three miles back up the road we do. We have three bars of 4G. And we're like, we can get internet. We can do all of our work, but yet still be three miles back where it's really remote and quiet, you know, which is really nice. But it's very difficult. It's, it's difficult to work in that sort of situation. You know, you don't want to sit in your car for eight hours while you're doing taking your phone calls and, you know, and things like that. So that's, I think the biggest thing, um, is just not being, um, you know, so accessible, um, for like lodging even and things like that. You know, if you're in a big city, you could be a lot of the digital nomading groups that I follow, they're in one location, they have their apartment, they're staying there for six months. Yeah. And kind of going on to the next one or, you know, uh, even when you were doing the, the guest service and stuff like that, you ran into a lot of different people that, you know, they had a full-time career job, but they're able to tap in remotely, um, on there. And we actually have some friends that do that as well. Um, I'm just thinking of like, uh, doesn't Tom do that or something? Oh yeah. Yeah. We have one of our friends, um, out of Minneapolis and he's worked for an IT company for years and they're like, yeah, you could work remote if you wanted to just get the work done, you know? And like, that'd be awesome. So but... it's one of those, <laughs> one of those occasions like where it's kind of more unique. You've started with that company. You've been there for, you know, eons and it's not super big where they're like, no, it's not part of policy, but it's small enough to where, yeah, we can make that. You can make it happen. You know, you're a good worker. You're going to get the work done. Well, I met and a it's... couple at the, where I was working that um travel full time and they have an awesome youtube channel 
and he for their job and then I think they actually make money off the YouTube channel but then in addition like they have um, he has a full-time job and it is IT and I'm like oh, maybe we should have done that but either way we're not going back to school <laughs> but no it's a very lucrative <laughs> career if you want to travel full-time for IT I know a lot of people that can do that yeah so yeah and with the with the reliable uh, internet side of things we ended up switching our plan phone plan once again um you just have to be straightforward with uh, any of the cell phone companies they're the one... swindlers <laughs> the one that we're with is one that has the largest network so you can only imagine which one i'm talking about um red and black and white colors <laughs> <laughs> but you can all um the we ended up getting unlimited plans. They're brand new ones. We got played in the store. They they get kickbacks. It, well, when and I I talked to him. I'm like, so this is what it's going to be like. I'm not going to be slowed down, you know. By being on, if you're on the unlimited network, they they say up to a certain data or something, and, and they, then... they they can prioritize you on the network, so you're not getting as fast of internet speed. And with what we're doing, it's like when we want internet. We want it now. Yeah, and so when the sales guy was telling us to a seat, it's the terminology they use, and they twist it to make it sound like it's what you want for you in all reality, and you call the 1-800 number to try to get, like, what is going on? Oh, this is the plan you have. Da, da, da. I'm like, that is completely different than what the guy told <laughs> us. So we were pretty mad, and luckily they were able to refund us the fees to make the upgraded change, and then we were able to then get it changed to a different one kind of back to our old plan but then unlimited so we each get 22 gigs worth of data plus mobile hotspots, which we can use our phones for and, which is amazing on the you know phone. up to 15 gigs you know we're not going to be streaming our netflix or hulu or youtube use family budget friendly tip there well uh, for that and shout out to our la branch family because they support all of our tv watching they let us use their hulu and netflix and Amazon if we need stuff overnighted it does make a big difference and then we don't have to pay the monthly fee but can still use um because we I mean I loved it I mean we use Netflix constantly because we just download one on Wi-Fi and we have a little movie for the night and a little date night yeah simple day night in our matchbox so with our two dogs <laughs> with our two dogs you know um so that's kind of what we do kind of for our internet and stuff like that for right now um, if and it, it's working really good because we do use our laptops, especially like for the online coursework we're doing right now. Um, it worked really well. And um, I would just say is an encouragement to people that want to do something different than what they're doing or they're unhappy in what they're doing or whatever. If you're debt free, you have way more opportunities available to you. And if you're stuck at a really bad job that you don't have any options, you really need the money. So I would just encourage people like Jake and I both worked three jobs each for two years to get out of debt. So we can now do what we're doing now. And through hard work and being persistent and being on a budget, you can actually do so much, you know, and if you're out of debt and you still hate your job, well, what is stopping you? From going to pursue something that would make you really happy and what we've been learning is just because we think it's going to be amazing doesn't mean it is i mean look at the appalachian trail you know we thought we were going to have the best time and it was not for us you know but now every backpacking trip we've done since then it's been amazing we just find that we like to reach a goal and go to the next thing that's why we're both really good at sales <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, so essentially, um, that is what we wanted to talk to you guys about today. And kind of dive into the the seasonal life and world and anything like that and, and everything like that. You know, so if you guys have any questions, hit us up on any of the social media. Amy will get all those. Yeah, Jake. So he's like, you didn't share that comment with me. And I was like, I got so excited. It's been really fun. Um, the amount of interaction that has been increasing that we've been seeing the longer we've been on the road. And so keep it coming. We've been really enjoying it. And I know we were off a few weeks on our podcast. We didn't have too much to share. I mean, when you're working, you know, you know, it's not that exciting. Um, but we want to. I unclogged a toilet today. Yeah. (laughs) Wasn't that exciting of a stuff. So. We do appreciate all the comments and, you know, love sharing our, our story with you all. And, uh, well, the thing is too, is, is we go and develop and we talk about like the things that we have in mind that we're going to do for the future. Like Jake wants to get a drone so bad and imagine how the cool footage we can get in the places that we're going that are remote and not the normal, like, Oh, here's it. The arches. I don't know that they allow drones, but you know what I mean? The places that everyone does, but actually getting, some really cool, unique footage of stuff that other people don't get to see as much. Because that's the lifestyle we really like. So like, it'd be interesting. Yeah, like if we were at this location, had a drone, and you saw our campsite, like, there's not a car within five miles of us remotely close. I mean, it's completely rad. Well, one of the things I said when we were swimming is, um, do you hear that, Jake? nothing like because where we'd been staying for the last five weeks it was right by the highway and you always heard traffic and it's just that's in and of itself even though like i would wear about earplugs at night it does take a toll on you as well because of that constant noise that constant um noise pollution yeah it's hard to find you know and especially when you're in the fifth most populated national park i think and there's only one way to go through it's not like they're all dispersed you know i think uh, glacier had in 2018 3.5 million people go through that park they only had and that's from june july and august in the middle of september that is their prime season they have 3.5 million people go through the park so when you guys say because we heard this all the time my gosh i can't get through anywhere it's so busy it's so popular well yeah you went the month that it was super busy like yeah, you have to plan on wanting to get, I mean, you have to plan accordingly. And that's the biggest thing is like, we went to Yellowstone in August and the July, August, a few years back. What did we do? We did backcountry stuff where people weren't really there. We saw maybe a handful of people. We left super early in the morning to travel anywhere. You know, I had to do that in Yosemite. Unfortunately with Yosemite, I mean, there was just so many people, even in the backcountry, you see tons of people. Yeah, and you have to have plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D, and E, and you'll probably be doing D or E, tell yeah. the truth, and then be like, ah, oh, we can squeeze this in and, you know, pop over there and do it, you know? Yeah, and then talk to the rangers. Um, You know, it's hit or miss if you get a good ranger that's really going to talk to you, but if you have kind of a plan going in, you can get some tidbits of how to um, work the system so you can get your backcountry permit or um, things like that, but... um. Man, I'll tell you what, these parks are just amazing. I'm so glad that um, the countries are saved. So, or the the presidents have saved all of our <laughs> national parks and stuff because we live in a beautiful country for sure. Yeah. Well, guys, 
we were just kind of rambling a little, a little bit there, but we do appreciate listening. And until, until next, next time, time. <laughs> cheers. Thank you for listening to our never-ending story of the transformation from our previous traditional lifestyle into one where we're able to travel the countryside, remain debt-free, and live out our dreams. Check out what we've been up to recently on our Facebook or Instagram page at Unnamed Adventures.